In today's gospel, Christ proclaims, blessed are the poor. And to his hearers, this would have sounded completely insane. So we sometimes talk about poverty in various ways. But this word that Christ uses in Greek, this doesn't mean poor people who have to dip more than they would like into their savings, or poor people who have to file for bankruptcy, or stop going out to eat, or stop going on vacation. This is the extremely poor, the desolate poor, the homeless poor. To be poor in this sense means being utterly dependent upon the charity of others, such that if tomorrow someone didn't decide to give you a piece of bread, you and your family would begin the slow process of starvation. And blessed. In Lubbock, where my extended family live, a blessing is sometimes the conclusion of a very serious insult. Well, she's not the sharpest tool in the shed, bless her heart. (laughs) Blessing kind of means, well, you have phenomenal defects, but maybe there's something good about you anyway. Maybe God can love you. I don't know. But this word doesn't mean that. Blessed, makarioi in Greek, this means to be wildly prosperous. This means to be extremely happy. This means sitting on top of the world. So when Christ proclaims prosperous and happy are the desperately, desolately poor, everybody says, what? To be desolately poor is to be conscious that you are utterly dependent on the goodness and generosity of others that on your own you are helpless. And it's this consciousness of total dependency that makes the poor blessed. Today we celebrate the Feast of All Saints Day, and we often misunderstand what it is to be a saint. The saints are not those people who have been the most important in the life of the church. They're not necessarily the founders of great institutions or the authors of important books. The saints are not the sort of church's list of holy A-list celebrities. For all the St. Francis's and St. Teresa's out there, there are thousands of locally known, locally venerated martyrs and hermits, holy men and women who manifested God's holiness in their lives to the few that were around them. Instead of being the famous of the church, the saints are the poor of the church. They are those Christians who have come to terms with the fact that on our own, all of us are desolate. All of us are totally, utterly helpless. And that everything in our lives depends upon the loving generosity of God alone. So you can imagine a refugee camp in which the horrors of war have driven everybody stark raving mad. And the UN and NGOs have brought lots of food to give to the refugees. But every person is so bent on their own mad obsessions that they don't bother to receive any help. So one's convinced that he can show his superiority by building the world's tallest tower of little tiny rocks. And he spends all his time stacking rocks. And the thing falls over and he's stacking again. It falls over, he gets it higher. And another is spending all of his time guarding carefully this massive collection of trash that he's been collecting for the past year, making sure nobody gets one of his bottle caps, one of his wrappers. While a third spends his days relishing his grievances, thinking about what he would do to the enemy if the tables were turned. And as a result of these all-powerful obsessions, they're all starving to death. 
The only ones who are not starving are the ones who for this, that shake themselves out of this madness, who realize that all of these pursuits are meaningless and they run to the aid workers to receive food. And this camp is not just an odd thought experiment. This is, in fact, the world in which we live. We become so hardened by the fallen creation that we hang on to our pride and our grievances and our judgments of others. We hang on to our piles of trash and our rock towers, and we believe that in so doing, we are undertaking something meaningful, something important. That through wealth or through power, through people being impressed by us or speaking well of us, we are ultimately going to find happiness, joy, peace, that we will be Macarioi, but we never do. The saints are like those refugees who suddenly realize how much we lack, how close we are to death, and they cast aside their trash piles and rock towers, their pride and their judgments of others, and they run to the throne of God to fall into the arms of his love and receive at last the bread of heaven. The saints are those who ignore the emptiness of the world and turn to the fullness of God. And in so turning, they themselves are filled. They're filled with love and joy. They're filled with wisdom and peace. But woe to you who are rich and trash. Woe to you who are satisfied with judging others. Woe to you who have not forgiven as you have been forgiven. Woe to you, how you who value how the world sees you more than how God sees you. Woe to you who are satisfied with the status quo and have stopped seeking after the holiness of God. Fortunately for us, woe does not mean woe to you because I'm about to cast you into eternal torment. Instead, woe means watch out, Octum, danger, Will Robinson. Look what you're doing to yourself. You guys are starving yourselves to death. Turn away from the trash pile and come to the banquet. Take the bread of heaven. Be washed in the water of life. To be a saint is to be someone who takes this woe seriously, that repents, that frees him or herself from that which is meaningless so that he or she can embrace what God holds out. To be a saint is to be sanctum, to be holy. Holiness is this quality of God that we ascribe to God alone. It's this quality of being utterly unlike anything else in creation. And yet, this godly nature, this utterly other nature, this is what God offers us, his own nature. And not only offers us, this is literally what he made us for. This is the whole point of our existence. We're told in Genesis that we are made in God's likeness. We are made to be like unto God. And it's not until we find true holiness of life that we're able to find what we're actually searching for in all of our impressive achievements, in all of our amassed wealth, in all of our stuff, in the good opinion of the world. Without God's holiness, the rock tower is just never, ever going to be tall enough. The trash pile is never going to be big enough. 
The opinions of others are never going to be so high that they finally satisfy us. But embracing holiness means giving up a lot. It means giving up on the world altogether. It means loving not only strangers, but even enemies. It means not only struggling to hang on to wealth, but giving it away freely. It means not only taking proportional revenge, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but turning the other cheek when someone strikes you. And all of this is extremely hard to do. The first step on this life of being a saint, on this life of holiness, is baptism. We wake up and we come to the baptism of the Lord. In baptism, we begin to recognize our total abject poverty, and we offer the whole of ourselves, our body, our mind, and our very life as a sacrifice to God. In baptism, St. Paul says, we actually die with Christ. We are drowned with him in the water. And then we rise with him unto eternal life. The old rock tower building, trash collecting self is put to death so that the holiness of God's image and likeness might start to live within us again. So in a few minutes, a couple of grown Christians and a couple of kid Christians will be giving the whole of their lives, all that they are and all that they have to Christ in the sacrament of holy baptism. This is the most important moment of their lives, the greatest sacrifice that they or the parents will ever give. And yet, you might witness this and say, did I miss something? Didn't you just say a couple of prayers and put a tiny bit of water on each one of their heads? Is that really all there is? Is that a Peggy Lee song, I think? About a millennium and a half ago, St. Ambrose of Milan answered this question. And he said, indeed, it is all. There in baptism truly is all. Where there is innocence, all devotion, all grace, all sanctification, all holiness. In that tiny, outwardly unimpressive act, these people are being radically, profoundly changed. The holiness of God is being restored to their nature. In baptism, we overcome all that rebels against God and are united with him, being baptized into the body of Christ. But it's not a done deal. We are forever changed in baptism, but we have to daily give ourselves over to that change. We have to daily embrace the grace of baptism that is given to us, remembering that all that we are and all that we have is a gift from our Heavenly Father. We have to remain in that state of blessed poverty. We have to continue every day, every moment, to return to Him for His purposes from that which He has given us. Each of us is called to be a saint. Each of us is called to a holy life. But that means emptying ourselves of ourselves so that we can accept all that God is offering us. Become holy, just as your heavenly Father is holy. For it is only in this that you will find true and eternal life. Amen.